This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks. Next episode of Chewing the Cud. <coughs> Excuse me. Next episode of Chewing the Cud. Uh, today we're going to look back at like a massive, massive win uh, against Leeds. Uh, look ahead to uh, the next home game. Not a huge home game. They're all huge at this stage uh, against Aston Villa on Saturday. And uh, later on, we've kind of gone all uh, soccer AM again. We have a little bit of music from uh, a couple of Everton lads from uh, a toy in Calais, but we'll get to that later on. Uh, full crew again today, lads. We have uh, Richie, Chris and Colleague. Good afternoon, gents. Hey, all good, all good. It's always great after a win. Uh, Derby game part. Great start for Sean Dyche. Uh, just from the very start, Richard, like we, we spoke last week about uh, now Collie and a few others online said, ah, oh, need to change the defence, need to come and has to be dropped and blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of, they took off where they played against Arsenal. Tight, tight as anything. No, don't get me wrong, it was probably a, one of the most stinking, horrible, rotten games to see. But geez, you take that every week. 100%, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I think we all, we were all in agreement that, you know, that there's changes to be made or whatever, but mm. to be fair, stuck with him, he's given guys, given guys a chance to, to put down a marker, and, you know, the guys that we had all called out, or I had called out, you know, stood up, thought Coleman, obviously excellent, centre halves really good, Mikulenko as well, um, and it's, 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 it's what, it's what we needed. We say that, you know what, Leeds were really, really poor. But at the same time, I think we have to give ourselves a bit of credit for, you know, we spoke about Ganato and we spoke about Somerville being their main threats like and totally mm. nullified them. I mean, they were out of the game completely. They moved them around trying to get him into the game and they got nothing, not a sniff. And that's a credit to, to the way that we defended. But look, I suppose it's three games and you, you said the Arsenal game, Liverpool game, you, you're talking... You know, the Nunes, however much he was, absent bags of pace, you know, but and away from home and and we they got caught a couple of times. But apart from that, I mean we've really, really restricted Arsenal and and Leeds to very few chances, you know, very few shots even. And I think that's it's a good sign. We just seem an awful lot more organized and an awful lot more structured in our in our setup, in our movement kind of throughout the game, our cover, our work rate. And yeah, look at doesn't really matter. I think when the games are scrappy and like that, it, it just a rhythm. You know, you stay in the game and it, you you give yourself that chance to nick one and you something to hold on to. And I think that's that's basically where we are. We just need to stay in it. We need to hope, hope that we can nick one. But I mean, two clean sheets and the bounce. I don't know before that when the last time we had a clean sheet was. So I mean, long may it last. And if we can just kind of put a string of results together at home, especially, it's going to be vital for us to stay in this league. Yeah, massive. I think that's the key, Chris, that uh, keeping it tight at the back, it's just a must going forward because there's not much goals in the team. We spoke about that a lot of times. But uh, it was kind of Jekyll and Hyde again, from, like I said, from the Liverpool Arsenal and then back to the Leeds game. It, it, we just need, this is what we use all the time, consistency, consistency. We just need that all the time, every single game from now on. Yeah, I thought well, I thought we were f- full value for for the win. You know, we've plenty of chances. We, you know, we're still looking to just up front and from as the game overall, from a technical perspective, I think both teams are 
very poor. I actually expected a little bit more from Leeds. I didn't think they'd be as poor as they were with, you know, made a couple of signings, having a couple of dangerous players. But again, like you said, credit to Sean Dyche. Tactically, you know, take the derby game out of it. And to be fair, like individual mistakes cost us there again and a bit of bad luck. So there's not a whole lot he could do about it. But from, you know, the two home games, tactically, like you have mentioned, he's, he's nullified, you know, Martinelli and Odegaard was substituted against Arsenal, uh, Saka, you know, he's he does a good job on nullifying their threats. So, um, but we were full value, yeah. And again, you just worry as the game goes on. We're not taking our chances. We're missing a couple of sitters and not getting on the end of things. And there's always that lingering fear. These are going to nick one. These, you know what mm. I mean? They're going to grab one. But, of course, it was nervy. But, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, results business. We, we've been saying it all season. We'll just take wins. Although we want to see a performance, the results are all that matters. But there's a core, there's a basis there to work on the players that are playing are players that can all run. You know, technically we're not great, but while we can run all day, the car right there, he can run all day. McNeil is playing on the left. Again, we mentioned he was third in that bleep test or something. So he has, even though he hasn't got pace, he has good endurance, I guess. You know, he can run all day. The defence, like you said, it's, it's, it was more solid. These are players that, they're still just sitting sitting deep, you know, not getting exposed high up the pitch like we did in the derby game. Tchaikovsky and Cody, when we're sitting in and we're absorbing pressure, they're box, they're box defenders. They're good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, up front is obviously obviously an issue, still an, an issue. There's just, you know, there's, we don't look like getting getting really... There's a good few chances there where, you know, McNeil put a few good balls across the face of the box. It would have been bread and butter for Calvert-Leon, you know, but... Looking really, really relieved. And again, two home games I'm after missing, I'm after winning two of them, and I'm not going on Saturday. So I might have to think about my prediction over the next half an hour or so. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, look, it's a relief. Bad. It's not just bad. a shame that other results kind of didn't go the way we would have hoped. Yeah. I think the table would have looked, we would have looked at a three or four point gap from the bottom three would have alleviated it somewhat, a small bit of pressure. But I think we just have to, you know, just do us. We finished well at Goodison last year. We got a few big wins, and our home form is going to what's going to keep us up. Because away from home, you know, we'd probably win one, get a couple of draws, but we're not going to go on a, we're not going to win many away from home. I don't think so. Goodison has to be our bread and butter, and you know, two wins from two, you know, you would have taken six points from nine with those fixtures, mm. and he's only in a couple of weeks, Deutsch as well. So you would hope that you know we will gradually start making a few improvements, you know, possibly the way, you know, Villa did. They they looked like relegation, you know, in a relegation battle. They brought Emery in and they put a few results back to back and they're mid-table comfortably now. So hopefully we'll follow the same trend, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right, Carl, I hope you had a good week of work with the two Leeds lads. <laughs> yeah, I know you are saying last week. I know, I know <laughs> last week you were saying you were kind of dreading that the game was set for the... Uh, we, the main thing, Collins, similar to the Arsenal, like we stopped them playing. Richie mentioned that, like the two danger men, Nanto and uh, uh, Somerville on the other side, but we just stopped Leeds doing anything. I actually thought Leeds was the poorest team I've seen us play against at Goodison this season, Joe, to be honest with you. I think they've got youth and inexperience, but 
have they got the, the balls for a relegation fight? I'd have to query that. I know Leeds have brought in a manager this week, obviously, to the remainder of the, of the season, but I think it's going to be a tough ask for him. Um, but anyway, look, this isn't a Leeds podcast. We talk about ourselves, and I have to agree with the lads. We were we were uh, deserving of the three points. I don't, I can't remember Pickford having to pull off a save, Joe, to be honest with you. No, I don't think they um, did. didn't have one shot on target, Carl. I don't, I don't think so, Joe. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to come out and say this, I, I, I'm really, really liking Sean Deutsch and his, and his, his way he works. Um, he's playing to our strengths. I think Chris mentioned it already. We don't have the best technical players, but the players will give their all for the team. Mm. And I can't remember the last time I, I was able to say that sentence. And I don't think he let them away with it. Mm. What's 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 the saying? Minimum requirement of maximum effort. Um, so look, you know, it's not pretty to watch, and it was a dreadful game. But Moyes came in and done this many years ago, Joe. You know the kind of the one nil. Look, if take the one nil and move on. You know the kind of way. And I know what Chris was saying about the other results. The other results didn't go with us at the weekend. But we need to stop worrying about. We have it in our own hands still. You know the kind of way. And. We're not certainly out of by any stretch of imagination, but we're certainly on the right track in my mind. Um, just the commitment and 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 the, <clears throat> the the distance that the players are running. You know, I know, I know. Uh, you know, you're talking about McNeil and Awobi, and they're putting an 11, 12 k over the course of ninety minutes. That's that's some going, you know. And I don't know whether you guys seen a user at the match on, on Saturday, but. After the game, like it just shows you how much shame has gone into your man Granto or Granto or whatever the young lad's name is because they went to shake hands. But obviously, Seamus had been winding up all game and mm. hit the little pup start getting a bit, let's just say, over over his level. Let's say with Seamus, well, he was put in his level very very quickly. You know the kind of way. It was great to see. You know, um, but yeah, no, look, one nil, Joe, uh, would take that and move on and. As I say, it was a poor game, but I don't care, to be honest with you. Once these 1-0 wins continue to come and we start moving up that table and just get us clear of any sort of threat to relegation. Yeah, listen, Arsenal, Arsenal built a, a legacy on winning 1-0, so we'll take 1-0 every single day of the week. Um, just a, a couple of individual players, Rich. Uh, I know we said that, uh, I think I think it was Collie, I'm not sure, said that uh, Maupay must have had something in his head or what, what do I have to do to get into this side but he started obviously and listen, he, was, he had one chance that header was kind of cleared off the line I don't think he did much else but the main thing he was in the side to do was to work their defence and Collie's talking about uh, people running that chap ran now, he was kind of like a headless chicken at times but he was working their, their back three he was, he was in their face and giving them putting them under pressure yeah, I mean he's a, he's a nuisance. Um, technically, it's hard to know where his strengths lie. You know, he had that header from kind of the second second ball from a corner, and he had one shot in the second half where he kind of turned and he had a snapshot. Probably should have laid it off to McNeil and he's left as he was approaching. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean he just a bit of a nuisance around her and just kind of keeps going, keeps chasing, doesn't give him a second on it, and I suppose he forces errors. You know, makes them to kind of to play it quicker, not alone to kind of build up. And, you know, I mean, what, what do we do? We are where we are. That, that, that's what we got. And if we have to kind of to go that way, 
so be it, you know. But I thought he'd done all right for the time. I think it was a good time to change it and try to bring, you know, I probably again would have gone with Gray, but to be fair to, to, to Sims when he came in, I thought, you know, that the the ball for, for the core is... Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to call that. Well, it was really good, great vision. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to know what the best way to go without without Dom is, whether it's, you know, which one of the two or, or, or where he wants to go. But I think it's down to work rate and, you know, probably that little bit more experience. Again, it's a different game playing at home to what Sims was thrown into at Anfield so it'll be interesting to see kind of does he change it or how he goes but yeah I mean look he's not the best but his work rate was was, was up there mm. is, is he similar Chris to we spoke last week about Sims he kind of seems lost on top on his own do you think Maupay is similar like to where he needs to have someone with him or, or even be in around someone to, to get the best out of him you know, I, I don't know, Joe. I didn't really watch him a whole lot with Brighton. You know, he's just—he's definitely not a target man. We know that for sure because he doesn't really hold the ball up a whole lot. Hasn't got the physique. It's not his stature, but he is a snide. He is a nuisance. He does work hard. But we're, you know, we're not really—it's—we're not really playing a system around him. You know, everything is kind of catered to Calvert Lewin being in the squad in terms mm. of. You know, getting the ball at way, getting early whip balls into the box, pinging set pieces into the box. Like, that's not really specifically catering to Mopay's strengths. But we're playing to our strengths as a team based on what we have. So it's kind of hard to see. It's like a square peg in a round hole for me. Mm. Maybe with, you know, Calvert-Lewin up front in a 4-4-2, he could be someone that could get on the end of a flick on or, you know, do a bit of, like you said, work to defence, press, but he's not really, he's not a natural goal scorer. You know, Rich said the one there he had in the, in the second half as well, turned and hit at the keeper. Like, he should be doing a lot better than that from 15 yards out, you know. He, he's not, he just doesn't have that natural goal instinct. But he, he is what we have at the moment. And just touching on Sims, like Richie said, I thought that was a really, really good cameo. Although only a couple of minutes. That's more kind of the way I think he's suited. We spoke about it after the derby and he was just thrown up on top of his own and he'd no support, he'd known the playoff. He was, you know, he was dominated by their back four and he looked way over his depth. And we were sort of saying, what's his best role, you know, because he's a big lad, six foot three, and he's, he can't really hold the ball up. And, you know, it, we were saying with Sunderland, he was better suited to kind of getting the ball on the run with the you know, the goal ahead of him and carrying the ball, kind of running the channels and stuff like that. And, you know, for Dr. Corey chance, that was unbelievable bit of awareness from, from him, you know, in that moment. Good touch as well, good turn, good awareness. And things like that, they're the kind of areas you, you can get him into, you know. That's kind of the way we should be utilising players like Sims, bringing him on the last couple of minutes in a game like that to do a specific job instead of throwing him in the deep end. But... Again, look, I'm going a bit off topic, but that's going to... The fear is always that Calvert-Lewin wouldn't stay fit and we never signed a striker and that's going to be our Achilles heel. So, you know, just kind of going forward, we just... It's going to be nitty-gritty one nils, if anything, because I really can't see us going more than one goal in certainly not many games going forward. But it looks... Mopay, to be fair, it was probably one of his better performances he's had since we brought him in, although... That's the bar is low, you know, it's a low <laughs> bar. But 
yeah, look, I mean, he's he's going to play now on, on Saturday against Villa. We don't necessarily have anybody else, but, you know, maybe we're a bit... We, when we sign players like that, we're always kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. All right, you know, not what I would have wanted, but we'll get behind and we'll give them a chance. And I suppose it takes players time to kind of adapt a little bit. And maybe Sean Dyche might use them a little bit better than Lampard might have in terms of, you know, we're talking about playing to player strength. So he's still putting his mark on the team, Dyche. So hopefully Mopay can, you know, start getting on the end. Getting in the, I tell you, he could have got in the box a little bit more on the end of a couple of those crosses. And I'm sure that's stuff they're going to work on, you know, and mm. instead of him hanging around the penalty spot. And even for Coleman's gone, Mopay was now down near the halfway line. You need him in the box in those positions. Mm. I know the trans, uh, play, play transition quite quickly, but... It's against that natural instinct to get in the box and get on the end of things. I don't feel like he has it, but, but again, look, as always, happy to be proved wrong. Yeah, that's that's a thing I I think he's missing from his game, Collie. Is that that kind of striker's instinct, that sniffer, if you want to uh, just take a chance. Like like Chris and uh, Richie said, a couple of balls McNeil put in, and it was like great balls, like in between the keeper and the defence where you want, and there's nobody there. They're, they're just like a couple of yards off off the pace, but they don't have that striker's instinct, which is kind of sounds silly from strikers. But you know what I mean? That that all right, I'm gonna take a chance if the ball gets there, I'll be there to meet it. They don't have that in the game. Yeah, but is that not the difference, Joe, between the top class professional striker Absolutely. and listen? It, it, you that's know, between, and let, let's that's call it. Yeah. Mopay was brought in as 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 a, a backup or someone to come in off the bench on the seventy fifth, eightieth minute. Mm. Like you know, Chris mentioned my favourite word is snide, and he is a snidey little fucker. Excuse me, excuse the language. Um, he is a snidey little so and so. Um, but he's not he's not a target man. But I, I still don't think Sims can play up there on the zone. I think Sims has to be part mm. of it too, personally. And, you know, I often wonder what Sims and, and Marpay with Marpay just playing off Sims. Could that work, you know? But look, we are we are where we are in relation to striker's front. I know, kind of, I think it was possibly mentioned today earlier on in the press conference we're recording this on Friday afternoon that Carver Loon is back on, on, on the pitch and, you know, there's no definitive time of return for him. But, um, and look, we 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 spoke about this umpteen times already. You know, it's a failure on behalf of, of the club over the last three summers or three windows not to bring in an additional striker for Carver Lewin and relying on him too much. But um setting that all aside, Joe, we just have to play, you know, to what we have. And at the moment we have Sims, Marpe and obviously Gray and I think Gray was literally about to come on. He got stripped off on Saturday mm-hmm. just before we, we scored the goal and then he was told to sit down. I've been reading a few interesting facts and statistics and over the, the, the last few days in relation to Gray and you know, if he's if he wants to play that winger role, you know, he's just not doing enough from a from a Deutsch point of view, you know, in relation to distances covered throughout the 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 match, you know. I think his greatest distance and I mentioned this last week was over the course of this season has been eight point seven K. We have McNeil and, and I will be doing 11, 12k over the course of 90 minutes. So, but Deutsch is reading this and thinking, well, he won't give me that. He won't put in that level of effort, you know, with the up and down and the defensive part of the game. And then would you put Gray in where Malpay is? Well, you know, Gray would be in around the same height, I'm sure, as Malpay. Um, mm. 
stature wise. Now the only thing I will say that Gray could run the channels, but I don't think we should discount Gray either. Um, he knows where the goal is. Um, but then can you play him down through the middle as the the the, the only man up front? I'm not too sure, Joe. To be really honest with you. So <clears throat> look, in my opinion, I think we'll start against Villa. I think I think the same team will start against Villa. Um, I know last week I said about. Uh, look, not, none of the players really had a great game against Liverpool. That's particularly the back four. And mm. at one stage, I said either three or four could be easily replaced against going into the Leeds game. But they turned up for Seamus was Seamus, you know. Um, but all I will say, Joe, was after the Arsenal game, after the, the probably doing after the Arsenal game, I called for a consistency level, and we didn't get it in the Liverpool game. Now, okay, we went around and uh, went away to the Devils Club, but. We need that consistency now. We can't put it in last week against Leeds, home again on Saturday against Villa and not put it in. It has to be the same level of, of consistency there for me from Pickford right up to Mape, if that's that's who he's gonna go for. You know, every every one of them players has to show the same level of consistency, if not better, against Villa on, on, on Saturday. And that's what it boils down to. And as a fan base, I, I no doubt, you know, you guys go over and see it in the flesh or Generally, we just watch them at home, but see them go in one week and put it all in, and then go out to follow week, and it just genuinely looks as if they couldn't be arsed. You know, that, mm. that's what annoys me. So, um, that's what I'm looking for on Saturday, um, and and I, I do think the team will stay stay as it is. They started against uh, Leeds, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that listen, it, this consistency thing, it's 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 an ongoing thing for for donkeys. Is we just I keep saying it's Jekyll and Hyde. We, and that's the most frustrating thing that you don't get this same level, not just work rate, uh, just consistent performance levels. But uh, listen, if we could do that every week, we'd be top of the league. Uh, just someone else I want to mention, and we've mentioned him a couple of times now, it's uh, Seamus Coleman. Uh, people, listen, a colleague rightly said, uh, the back four were poor, it got caught high up against Liverpool. Uh, didn't do the basics right as Sean Dyke saw saying you need to defend first and then like dress it up as you go along but uh, he was just absolutely his energy levels on Saturday were just off the charts um, and the run he made for the goal I mean if that was a kid you'd say geez, he's got some pace this chap is 34 years of age he was just and I don't know I've, I've seen the clip loads of times of the goal and there's, there's a scream, there's a scream when a ball gets the ball, and it's it's really high pitched. And it's, I don't know whether it was him asking for the ball, but he's just gone, and it shows how far or how quick he's gone because, like Chris said, air air stroke forward attacking midfields are on half a line. He's on the edge of the box in the blink of an eye. There's no one in the middle, and people are saying to me on the plane, "Ah, oh, that was a cross." That's two. No one there. It, it was definitely a shock. But anyway, I'm going off tangent again. But Coleman's work rate and uh, intensity, that's what you're looking for. was just mental, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I know we're probably all a little bit biased, but you just love to see him kind of put in the, those performances and get the plaudits that he deserves after what he's given to us for so many years. Because he takes a bit of unwarranted abuse any time that something doesn't kind mm. of ball right or you know and look 
if he if he's at fault or if he's a bad game, he's as much to he's entitled to the, the same abuses or criticism that everybody else is. But Saturday, you know, he on Saturday he was, you know, I won't say it was a throwback, but the effort, you know, and you said the energy to get up, you know, the bust the pace to get up for that for the goal, and I thought it was funny to say that the hip was gone, the hip was gone or whatever, <laughs> the, pain, the hip. And it's all he, he wasn't able to swing it across. But yeah, I, I think you're right. And when I saw it first, I said, oh, you know, he's after fluke and that. And that was going to, in, in real time, you know, mm. watching it back, there, there was nothing else there. And you just have to give him the, the credit, not even the benefit of the doubt, the credit. Um, as funny as saw a clip during the week after saying that it was 25 years, I think, since Roberto Carlos did something very similar in a game. And, you know, there was no questions there. So we're not going to question Coleman on this one. But... He was, yeah, he was, he, he, he was excellent throwback. And you can see how much it means as well. Yeah. Here and as well, the Arsenal game, the kind of picture from, I think it was from the back of the park end and he's the last man and he's in the middle of the field and he just kind of, when the ball hits the net, he's down and he's two knees kind of mm. celebrating it. And, you know, you just, you don't want him to be captain of a team that, that takes us down, basically, you know. But I think the performance isn't good. He still has something to offer, I think. You know, I think it's managing him right. You know, I think it's unfortunate the position that he's in. The Patterson, you know, I think that he said that he's still not ready to come back. But I think if you manage Coleman right, that you'll probably get another at the end of this season, obviously, probably next season as well. That there is, there's life in the old dog yet going on, going on that performance on Saturday anyway. I think it's just about utilising right so he's not hung out to dry at, at, at times because... At 34 and, and, and pushing 35, you can't be expecting him to be given the energy of a, of a 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key as well, Chris. That he knows himself. Uh, listen, he should have been replaced probably three, four years ago or, or brought someone in to, to put him under pressure. To, now, I know Patterson is probably the closest we've had to that. And when he comes back and he's fully fit, you can see Shame's kind of face now. But like Richie said, he just can't doubt or question his work rate or commitment and when when and Richie's spot on when he does drop below those levels he's the first man to come out and call himself out he doesn't need anyone else to say he knows and that's the good thing I like about him, his honesty like when he's shit like he'll, he, he'll hold his hand up I was delighted, Joe, you know, the way he celebrated and that. And obviously, look, we've met him that a few times. He's an absolute top fella, you know. Always mm. the time for everybody. And, of course, we're biased and stuff, you know. I'm sure a lot of the players are nice fellas and we're, <laughs> we're battling them. But <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolutely great goal. Brilliant, brilliant goal. And it was his first goal since last February when he scored against Leeds a year yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Mad. But, uh, yeah, now, look, he shouldn't be playing every week. Absolutely not. 34. When you get to that age, kind of, the body won't react as quick as the mind, you know. It can't mm. do what it used to do. And I think he set the bar so high for himself, you know, during the era with Baines and Pienaar and, you know, all the, that, that Moyes team and playing in Europe and that. You know, he was in, he was one of the best fullbacks in the league at one stage. And I think that was kind of the bar he set for himself. And you can't expect him to be at that level now. Mm. You, you just can't. Ten years later on. No player, you know, is generally speaking, other than the top two or three world-class players can, you know, perform at that level for so long. So, of course, his form is going to dip, but he should be in and out. You know, certain games, we have, you know, two games in a week, maybe he can come in, 
you know, cup games, all that kind of thing. Patterson's out for a week or two, come and absolutely come on into it. But he shouldn't be in week in, week out. And unfortunately, like the majority of the team, you know, he does make a mistake or his levels, he can't perform to the level consistently like we've seen on, on uh, the weekend there. And, you know, being captain and stuff, and he has to come out with all the usual rallying cries. He's, he's just, he's always going to get pelters. And it's, it's just a situation we're in as well. Fans are on edge and they're anxious and they're worried. And there's a lot of frustration and negativity around the club. See, hopefully, Paris will be back in the next couple of weeks and Coleman can be used sparingly. You know, he's, he's a great player to come in when needed sparingly from, you know, every couple of games, but week in, week out. Can't be expecting him to perform to that level. Like you'd like to think so, but at his age, you know, it's very hard. As he said himself, <laughs> the hip will give in. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels same. He's I did that in the window. <laughs> uh, the thing is, Colly, <coughs> excuse me, and Chris mentioned there a great point that he, he can't play a couple of week or a couple of games in a week. Uh, but do you think it helps us? I know it sounds a bit like kind of stupid, but being now at everything. And just having the league games where he has recovery time. And look, I think we'd we'd all like to be in a cup, Joe, or you know, oh, of course, of, course. of a cup. But mm. given our given our precarious position within the league, I think we're better off out of the cups. And then you also have to look at the age uh, of the, the team in general. Like you know, like we spoke about Seamus being twenty four, and I think Cody then Cody's birthday, so he's thirty now, and Tarkovsky and. Ghana, so yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's also preparation for the following games, you know, it's one game with a time, Joe, at the moment, and, and mm. the biggest game is our next game, you know, and, and Deutsch is repeatedly saying that, so, again, as I say, I'd love to be in a cup, but um, if, if we can take the full week in, of preparation for the following game, let's say, and, and, you know, the Champions League is back and Europa Cup is back and teams will be involved in that and, and they, they'll have their mind on other things, you know, that kind of way. So, look, it's a very small advantage and a lot of these teams are, are in European competitions have that are second, possibly second squads than Air Force squad in some cases, Joe, you know, mm. that kind of way. But, look, you know, take any sort of advantage that we can get. Um, but, yeah, I, just solely concentrating on Seamus and, uh, you know, as much as... as that the man's the man will be and um, will be regarded as a legend, Joe. You know the kind of way when when he does finally turn around and say, "Look, I think that's me done." You know the kind of way. Mm-hmm. And the biggest sadness for me, for Shame, is that he he never got to win anything with us. You know the kind of way. But I I I just hope that again, he's not beyond criticism, and he does have bad games. Absolutely but, not. Yeah. You know, more often than not, Joe, he he gives it his all and. I don't know many times over the, the last few years we've been doing this podcast, we've constantly said, look, lad, you know, as long as the players leave it all out in the pitch, and there's there's very, very few occasions where you can turn around and say, Seamus Coleman left something, didn't leave it all out in the pitch, you know, the mm. kind of way. And, and so, yeah, he, he, he and I think it was yourself, Joe, or someone said that, you know, I think Seamus would, would freely admit he should have been replaced two or three years ago, um, you know. But that just hasn't been the case. And again, we're going back to the old, you know, you could do a 10 podcast on, on the state of the recruitment now. But um, now, Seamus will be a legend. And I think Patterson is, will be back. He had a little niggle, came off against uh, when he played for the 21s last Friday night against Spurs. And 
I don't think it's too serious though. So, you know, Patterson hopefully come back and settle in and, and we'll just see where we are again and, and hopefully Seamus gets to, to, to have a rest. But again, it's, it's you know, the football brain sometimes, Joe, is, is great, you know, the kind of way and, and it's not only about youth and, you know, a lot of it's down to experience, you know, the kind mm. of way and, you know, he's he's up against another tough player now in, in Ollie Watkins, which I have to say he's a player I, I would love to be at Everton. I think he's a fantastic player. And um, he's up against him now on, on Saturday, I'm sure, with Villa. And, and, you know, that's going to be another tough opponent. That's, you know, the kind of way. So, Seamus will have his work cut out for him, you know. So, um, yeah, no, uh, let's, you know, just move on and... and, and as I say, but Seamus will, regardless of him being an, an Irish man playing for, for Ireland, even if he was whatever nationality, he'd still be a legend, Joe, you know? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, he just, like you said, he just he just gives everything. And, and he's, I know, I'm older than not yours, but uh, we had, like, Mick Lyons, he was Mr. Everton. For this generation, a lot of people say Seamus is, is, is the man. He just epitomises what we want from an Everton player. Full commitment, gets the club, loves the club, doesn't want to go anywhere. It's just it's, it's basically what you want in in, in a player on any team, not just not just Everton. But um, just a couple of mentions or another couple of players. Which uh, thought Ghana had a good game. He was kind of we spoke about before. He, he just seems to turn up in places. Like you don't see him coming. He just seems to be there all the time. And like Collie said, there it's, it's that experience and know how of of how to do it. You don't need to be running around like a blue arse fly. You just need to know when to be there. Um, yeah, uh, 100%. I thought he was just kind of, I think, first of all, I think that the, the tree in the middle really suits him, that it gives mm. him just that, that bit of cover and he doesn't need to be trying to get across the ground and getting caught out of position. So I think it's it, it's been suiting him a lot more because he thought that first day against Arsenal that he was really good as well. But yeah, he's just kind of, Nipping in, picking pockets. Um, we know he's not the best on the ball, but I thought that he was—he was really good. Disrupted their play, um, and yeah, I think I think that the, the formation that we're playing at present, which is why I think just that that three in the middle, kind of going four five one, probably suits kind of what we have, which is why we probably won't revert to a four four two or whatever um, mm. at, at present. Anyway, it, it just suits what we have, and it's about getting the best out of it. So yeah, I, I, I thought he was really good as well, and it's it's good to see because there was a period there not that long ago, like that he was really really poor and he was at fault for goals, kind of just giving the ball away sloppy. Whereas I think now maybe his confidence, whatever was going on, kind of whatever, and it just seems to be. Back to what we know he can be, um, but yeah, Saturday I suppose we again mentioned kind of McKinney, Adams, who are good energetic players as well. But I, I, I thought he'd done really well in that in in, in that middle there and kind of now he didn't dominate it, but he was just where he needed to be and he broke up kind of everything and you know it's stopped that link into into Bamford. You know, as I said, that they had no real no real threat at all leads, and I think it's down to obviously the way we defended, but the, the position that we were able to kind of break up those attacks as well, which was which was really good. Mm. Um, just one, just to go back as well. Sorry, one final point on Coleman. I don't think we've ever lost a game that he scored. Um, I know Chris no, mentioned he's against Leeds last week, but I don't think we've ever lost a game that he scored. So I'd be throwing him on penalties, throwing him on everything. <laughs> on everything <laughs> see if we've lost nearly every game since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, that, 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 see, think about Ghana, excuse me, <coughs> uh, Chris. And Richie's right that he, like, he doesn't have the legs. It's similar to Coleman. He doesn't have the legs to be running around all over the place. And it's it's vital to have the Corey and Onan in there to do, to do the donkey work for him, basically, to do all that running that he doesn't have to do. Yeah, and especially when we're we're defending, you know, as we mentioned before, McNeil gets back to back Mikulenko up and Awobi on the right hand side gets back to, you know, double up a Coleman. So we're essentially a four five one really in a defensive mm. unit, you know. So he doesn't have to cover as much ground. We're a little bit more compact. He can just, like you said, just nip in, pick the pockets, use his experience, his reading of the game to position himself well. And let the other lads kind of do all the running. But I thought he actually got forward a bit more than usual as well. Although, as Rich said, his, his end ball isn't, you know, his passing isn't, you know, mm-hmm. one of his better better qualities, even though he drew him very well to set Onan up in the first half, which Onan should have done a lot better. But it's good to, to break forward at the right times, not just running around like a headless chicken, you know. So, yeah, it's it's just all to do. I think it's just all to do with a bit of basic basically coaching, players know their roles, what they're meant to be doing, simplify their games, being more compact, moving around the pitch as a unit, playing to our strengths. And, and how as much as we like Lampard, I think Deutsch has really shown him up in ter- tactically in the terms of his organisation hmm. based on the last two home games, you know. So, you know, it just it looks good going forward if we can, you know, maintain a bit of luck as well. We, as much as we talk about consistency, consistency and results, Consistency in team selection is another thing. You know, you want to have yeah. pretty much the same, more or less the same. You know, at least nine of your first eleven playing it week in, week out to be able to just get better and better. Uh, you know, gelling as a unit and the way the manager wants them to play, and you know, understanding there's still players there from five or six different managers, and Deutsch is trying to figure out who's who's best at what, who can do what he's asking. So it's trying to gel it all together and, you know, players, you know, understanding each other's games a bit more, when to go, when to hold, when to not just press as an individual and everyone else is standing there with their hands in their pockets. We're doing things as a unit at the right times, as a collective, you know. So, um, yeah, again, I've gone way off tangent again. That's, that's, that's not a problem. The, the thing about Villa, uh, we'll go into the, the Villa game, was now calling thing about Philly is uh, it's similar to Leeds, but they have this uh, like pace, burst of pace from the midfield onwards, and uh, we just need to be on point again. I know I, I kind of repeat myself, but this consistency, work rate, right, uh, tracking back from McNeil, like Chris said, McNeil and Wobie, we just need to do the exact thing again against Villa. Not just Watkins, right? They want the danger, man. And he ripped us apart last season, uh, Bailey. So I think it, it, it's trying to stop these lads. Again, similar to Martinelli, Saka, Nanto, Somerville. It, it's just going to be the same page. That is, Joe. And that's the reason why I think he'll go for the same 11 um, against Villa that he started against Leeds. Um, but I, I just think the likes of Watkins and, and as you say, Bailey. I don't know whether Bailey's getting in from the start over Villa at the moment. Um, they're, they're a different prospect, you know, they're kind of a bit more savvy, a bit more, you know, premiership kind of experience behind them. Uh, I, I have to admit, I hate Villa at home. It's a fixture I always hate every year. Um, I always go in with too much confidence and I always end up being down in the dumps. I just hate them. Um, 
I didn't actually realise Joe having been in work last Saturday morning just the strength of the Villa um, oh, support massive. from, massive, from yeah. Ireland just yeah. it just blew me away seeing the amount of Villa fans that went through and some decent lads as well Joe obviously we, we shared you know one or two places where we used to meet up with, with the Villa uh, group so one or two really nice lads in mm. it so but anyway uh, getting back to the game Joe yeah extremely <clears> tough game for me of course, Coutinho scores his first goal of the season last week, so he's he's up and running. So, um, yeah, extremely tough. Um, and again, not necessarily a six pointer, Joe, on on on, uh, on Saturday, but certainly a win would 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 catapult catapult us up that league. You know, the kind of way which would be great. But um, I just think it'd be similar to the Arsenal game rather than. The Leeds game for me. Um, if you can get a grip of the midfield, I think we we we'd have a, a really good chance. But again, it's a game that I often let myself get carried away with, and I always end up disappointed. Yeah, well, listen to yourself. Now when the predictions are coming up, it's <laughs> mm. uh, we can hit the predictions now and, and kind of wrap it up a little bit. Uh, Rich, uh, again, it depends what whatever. Everton teams, but just depends what ability turn up. They're just uh, uh, hot and cold. I know your man has them on fire now since he's come in Emery, but I don't know. It is hard. It is hard to know. I, I just looking at Villa, like they've lost three in the bounce, two before that they, they beat Southampton and they beat Leeds. But apart from that, I mean, this good record. It seems they've got a good a good number of points when he came in first but kind of since the turn of the year they beat they beat scores away which is a big win but apart from that it's Southampton and Southampton and Leeds that they've won so I mean it's not all as spectacular as it seems there they conceded 11 in the last three as well so maybe I know does that mean that we might be able to get one (laughs) and once we get the first one I think it gives us an opportunity look they do have a lot of firepower they have a lot of they have a strong bench, I think, is one of the is one of the main things that they can replace. I think Wendy is a great player as well, if you can get him playing. I think they're being playing four four two as well, so I just don't know if it suits, but I think there's something to be got out of it at home. I don't know if we if we if we haven't you know, I suppose after my thinking that they're after losing the bounce, they're gonna want a re- reaction. Um I think that we might get a draw, so I'm gonna go one on. One on, okay. Chris? Yeah, I was going to go one all as well. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think we've beaten Villa since they've come back up. Have, have we? It's been about three years now. I don't think we've beaten oh, them at all. Uh, yeah, probably. But they're uh, one of those teams, yeah. We seem to be a bit of a bogey team the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's, it'd be more like the Arsenal game, you know. They have an awful lot of... An awful lot of a lot of Ollie, Ollie Watkins is he's the kind of player I'd like for us yeah. he's a great great you know he can play the ball into him he can hold it up he's got pace get in behind he can score off both feet he's a big lad he's run us ragged a good few times and you know it goes without saying they've a lot more technical ability than us but so had Arsenal so it's just about how we compose ourselves don't give any any stupid mistakes away uh, try not to, you know, get ourselves exposed, high up the pitch, get caught in the break, because that's where I think they could really hurt us, you know, because they have that clinical edge that maybe the like, Leeds didn't have, you know. Mm. You can't really give them a, a whole lot. But, you know, at Goodison, it's just, again, get our noses in the front, as Rich said. The first goal changes everything. We go behind, 
I don't feel like we have it in us to turn it around, you know. So we need to get our get our noses ahead. Set pieces again are going to be a big thing for us, but they can definitely be got at defensively. I don't think they're great, you know. Mings is a yard dog, you know. But midfield four four two, they'll play. So I mean, if we can win the midfield battle, you know, most games are won in midfield. Try and cut off the supply line up to Watkins and not expose ourselves. Who knows? But mm. you know, Deutsch is he's a good tactician. He'll have us well set up. We've had a good week to prepare. So you know, a, a draw wouldn't be the worst results. I know we have Arsenal coming up, but if you could take four points at least from Forest away and Villa at home, I'd say that's probably satisfactory. You know, yeah. get you in around a twenty-five point mark with what twelve games to go. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna go one out. I think with the draw. Hope we go. Yeah, two one Villa. Two one Villa. I don't think we have enough to score two goals, and I think Villa will score. So, and I go for Watkins and one day to score for them. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the last one out. Um, I just, I just think a home form, like Chris said earlier, a home form is absolutely vital to uh, keep us in the mix and stay up. Um. And if we could just sneak a point, I don't. I don't think we're going to get out at Arsenal, but we, we'll talk about that again. Uh, it's a key. It's spot on. What Chris said. We need to score first, uh, but I just don't think we can. We can keep them up because they just have so much. The goals are kind of across the midfield, Watkins as well, uh, and then our friend Luca Dean. Hope no one brings in the Lucas A bottle for him this week. Because we can hit the trouble yet again. Poor yes, Roger I'm Tweedle. Go. <laughs> I, I'm going to go one all. Uh, I, I, I just think if we, if we if we stay unbeaten at home for for a, a few matches, that that could be the the difference in keeping us up. All right, just before we go, I just want to give a, a quick mention now to uh, sad news this morning. Come in, uh, John Matson passed away. There, probably before a lot of your time, lads. He was probably the voice of football when I was growing up. He was he commented on every major cup final, World Cup, England games, everything. He was just just a voice of football, and he was just a sad. Passed away this morning, aged uh, seventy seven. So uh, rest in peace, Johnny boy. And uh, then we're going to finish with doing. We're going on soccer AM again. Um, Jimmy Murphy, who a lot of you know, member of the Irish top, he's got in touch with us last week uh, about a band from. Uh, a toy encounter there to call the Cosmic Embers, and one of the lads, Paddy O'Keefe, is is a, an Everton fan, so he just uh, he's trying to share the last new single, which is uh, it's kind of a psychedelic. It, it's yeah, it's one of these ones. Just sit down, close your eyes, and listen to it. That's how I'd explain it. But uh, the new single is called Fallen Stars. We're going to play out with that uh, now, folks. So, anyway, lads, listen. Thanks very much for today. Hopefully, again, we're talking about another win. And Chris, you say you're not going? No, it's a banker definitely, for a win, isn't uh, it? Definitely, Evan. Jump on, Evan, lads. <laughs> All right, lads. I'll see you. Talk to you next week. See you, boys.
If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.